0: So here we are, and I feel that this is our first Marvel Cinematic release since 2019. I'm going to say that confidently, because I don't believe there was one in 2020. So that I want to say, was it Spider-Man was the last one? My might have been because Sp- Spider-Man yeah. came after Endgame.
1: Yeah, Far From
0: Home. Um, far from home. So it's it's possible that that is the the case. Uh, I'll I'll let Arthif look that up as my yeah. internet's pretty fucking at the moment. And I apologise if you can hear the fan of my computer at any point in time. It's very wow.
1: very hot. Uh, <laughs> so sorry there, but the computer's like I'm dying yeah. slowly. Um, <laughs> so it's, far from home was from 2019.
0: Far from home was 2019. Now I can't quite remember if that was. The last one before pandemic times or so.
1: I think think it was. I I don't think there are any other um, that have come since then. Um, They are playing, I think, a new one this year, right? The the next one, No Way Home.
0: I think we've had three series, um, which obviously have been amazing. But Black Widow is the return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and was recently released, I want to say maybe one week ago, or just around one week ago. Yeah, 8th
1: and 9th of July, I think, yeah.
0: Something like that. So we are back to the big action. I obviously am the same as Artif. We both watched it on Disney+, Plus, um, where we paid for the premium access, uh, didn't go to the cinema because pandemic. Um, And cinemas are open, but like... We just watched it at home, okay? <laughs> That's just what I, happened.
1: I have to say, I do enjoy primary Access at home. I mean, I I do I do love the cinema, but I've got a great TV, and, you know, watching kind of new films on it it is really epic, so, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't lose too much there.
0: <laughs> One, I also thoroughly enjoyed my sofa over most cinema experiences, but you can obviously find really good cinemas, and some films in the cinema are absolutely gorgeous. This film would have been great to see in a cinema, Um, that's true that's true i work in the industry and on production so it's really hard for us right now in the sense that covid we're trying to dodge it as much as possible because we can't just go out there and have parties like everybody else seems to want to um so yeah we watched it at home and thoroughly enjoyed watching at home I, i i mean I, I, the only thing I would add is sometimes I wish I had one of those sound bars to give me more <laughs> cinematic, like Dolby surround sound, to it. I mean, wow. we watch it on a, a big enough television, so that's uh, as good as it's can get. But rather than talking about how we're watching it, let's actually <laughs> talk about it. Um, yeah. So, it, for me personally, this was—I mean, it's kind of classic Marvel, but it was—it was an interesting film because there was less superhero e than most yep. other films. You didn't really have. You had maybe one character or two characters who have had kind of abilities um, to a certain extent. But predominantly the film is obviously focused on Scarlett Johansson's character of Black Widow, her origin story. This is her origin yep. story, meeting up with the present, but not quite the present, where I feel coming in after Civil War, after the events yeah. of Civil War is where we're sitting, where we actually get a fully grown Natasha Romanoff. So pace of the film I want to say firstly this film is just about 2 hours 15 minutes or so and it has a really really good pace to it it never really lets you sit too long in any particular place and it it's also not like you're not getting the information it delivers the information really well but it's shot by shot it is a really well paced film and firstly i mean you start off the film when they're a lot younger and yeah. <laughs> carbon copy i i want to say her name is Eva or eva or not too sure anderson (laughs) who is plays a young natasha uh romanoff who is the daughter of mila jovovich oh wow if you didn't know that so we all know mila mila jovovich you know from like fifth element and from resident evil and from she's pretty much been one of the most kick-ass action uh female actresses over the past two point close to three decades um, and mm. she still is uh haven't seen it but really want to see monster hunter that's in the cinemas or i don't even know when it's going to release but supposedly it's coming out soon anyway this is her younger daughter who's pretty much a carbon copy of her so we can see she's already going to get i mean this is a good place to start isn't it yeah yeah definitely i mean yeah, that's my a... like, big, big screen debut and black widow i mean it doesn't get any bigger than jumping into the marvel cinematic universe on day one
1: <laughs> and her father is paul ws anderson who directed the resident evil series exactly. uh, so? Or, or not directed the creative voice behind them but he uh,
0: i think he yeah. directed some of the at least the first few installments i want to say
1: He directed Mortal Kombat in the 90s, so that's, you know, and Event Horizon. Whoa, that's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he he directed, wrote and produced the first Resident Evil. uh, Yeah. And then the other ones he kind of wrote and produced.
0: Definitely, like you said, he definitely stayed involved then throughout the series. Maybe not always sitting in the director's chair, but he definitely was involved in some way, shape or form. But, I mean, gosh, this film properly kicks off. Now, I kind of, do you know what's nice to see? I watched, um, and I say watched, I watched, half an hour maybe 45 minutes of hellboy 2019's hellboy where david harbour plays hellboy and there's nothing against david harbour the film just wasn't great and the thing is is you had gamelio del toro and ron perlman do such a rendition of hellboy which is so memorable so artistic and so lovely that it's really a very hard thing to replicate so soon after. And I feel they were talking about Thurban Fradius. So my really only, I haven't got a lot of references for David Harbour other than Stranger Things, which he's obviously absolutely brilliant in. And I thoroughly enjoyed him in this. And it's almost like, cause we get two versions of him. We get the version we're introduced in the beginning when he's obviously the younger version of himself. He's a sleeper r- Russian agent. Um, yeah who as we get to learn on which I didn't twig first of all but yeah. sleep a Russian agent who this isn't his family none of these people are related from what I can understand yeah um, I'm a, I, I twig like that being a relationship with Rachel Vice's character I'm not too sure yeah. it's all a bit shady it's all a bit shady but I don't know about you but I thoroughly enjoyed David Harbour across this whole film
1: I, I like, yeah, I liked him a lot. I, I thought, I thought his character was, uh, <laughs> it did remind me of his character in in Stranger Things that he's kind of, um, you know, the the dad figure who's a bit bumbling but ultimately like reliable and strong. Um, but he plays that character very well, you know. He he's, yes. you know? and also, you know, he he effortlessly does humor, um, which you know, for action films like this, you always require a bit of humor to kind of move things along and and you know, he does that very well. And actually as does Florence Pugh, I think later on you know, I, I really like Florence Pugh in most things that she's in, really. I I think she's a phenomenally talented actress. Um from Midsummer to um Lady Macbeth, if you've seen it. I mean that one is intense. Um <laughs> but she is just yeah she's great. And both of them together, you know, they were the ones who kind of delivered I actually, I thought not only the comedy, but a lot of the film in a lot of ways. Um, what I found interesting in this film is that actually, you know, whilst it's kind of based on Natasha Romanoff's kind of backstory, she didn't feel like, you know, it felt like they were all like a main character really, you know? Um, you know, having kind of, <laughs> um, you know, the whole backstory of like the Red Guardian as well. Um actually I, w- I wish we'd like seen a bit more of the red guardian kind of in his heyday. Um, that, I think that would have been really funny because it, it's, you know, he kind of makes a big deal of it. The fact that he was the red guardian and then had to go undercover and essentially look after, you know, and go to America and, and have a, a fake family. Um, and then, yeah, it's, you know, and then they kind of play up on it later on. So I wish we had seen, you know, kind of part of the red guardian and, and really, you know, essentially what he kind of did um and that was i i I agree with you on the pacing of the film i thought the, the film you know whilst it is two minutes two hours 15 um which can be quite long for like action films i i didn't drag too much really and i think that's because you know the action was you know generally very good um and there was like you know pretty good comedy but i have to say i did think that there was some perhaps uh some writing things that they kind of missed out on which like one like that kind of russian backstory i thought they could have like delved into the red guardian more um and also even like the whole training of natasha romanoff like a little bit more on that like we've seen things in other films and other bits but i felt that they didn't end this one they didn't explore it as much you know going from you know the kind of suburban home life to being like the world's top assassins you know like there was there was some clips like you know of their training but it just didn't really i don't know i felt that they could have like you know delved more into that because it just would have been like you know especially with like her sister also being like such a top assassin like you know we want more of of the of the training you know we always talk about how how we love that um you know, there's kind of initial like backstory, you know, you know scenes that you get. That, and I, I love the kind of first scene that we have, like them being a sleeper family in America and then kind of being activated and having to leave. And, you know, it's quite panic inducing and actually like, you know, for a Marvel film, like, you know, very realistic and, you know, in how things were in the, you know, the 80s, really. So to kind of have that and then to miss out on that Natasha Romanoff, like training and like, you know, because especially with that Russian backstory, you know, the, the, those kind of, you know, communist Russian backstories, you know, are always so brutal and we kind of get some of it. And, you know, I'm just seeing now with the credits and like the, the kind of kids and girls being brought to the kind of facility and whatnot and Dreykov looking over them. Um, but yeah, as I said, I just wish we kind of got a bit more of that, you know, it would have been really cool to see.
0: Funnily enough, I really did think that we were gonna get that. I thought that was actually going to be a big section of this movie. We see flashbacks. What, later on, you, you meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we see flashbacks of her training um, during the other Marvel films on a couple of occasions. And I thought that was actually going to be a whole segment. In, in the I thought we were really going to dive deep into both her and her sister's training in the Red Room and them learning all the abilities that they're learn which takes them to being the level that they are, which seems to be above everyone else to a certain extent. They seem to be like the queen of the crop when it comes to the agents that have come, from, the widow agents that have come from the Red Room. So I, I very much see yourself, I very much thought that was a beat that we were going to get. That's kind of the arc, so to speak, that the story was going to follow to give us more information there. But obviously it goes a completely different way. Now, the intro, when we see from when they're, young and then they kind of we get kind of a quick it's almost like an intro of a couple of elements of them being in the red room as young children Mm. we get to see them shoot it's like a montage isn't it it's a montage of a couple of minutes and that's really it you're kind of then fast forwarded to when they're older and so it's something i feel we could have got 10-15 10-15 minutes of and it definitely yeah. it wouldn't have taken away from the film at all and really it wouldn't have had that much time on that you would have then thought that this film is too long by any stretch of the imagination because it plays into the story because like we said before the pacing of the movie is very good so it never feels like you're sitting in this for too long.
1: Yeah um, I also think it could have helped set up Dracov more as like the villainous bad guy really You know, like to have that kind of scene with like him, you know, overseeing the girls training. And again, in the kind of intro, we see him like, you know, talking with Clinton and other world figures. And he's clearly this big character. But then we don't see him until like much later on. And we don't know why, you know, he's kind of so hated in a way. I mean, we know because like, you know, we we hear about his plans and things like that. But I think it would have been good to have seen that kind of original context as well of him you know, being a politician and statesman, but then also being, like, this kind of evil man who, you know, experiments on little girls to make them, you know, killing machines and puts them through brutal training regimes and whatnot, you know, like, I think that would have helped set up, you know, him as a character and, you know, and it's essentially what his kind of motives and drives are, like, as I said, we get it much later on, but it could have been cool to have that context initially as well.
0: Also, there was one other thing, which is the whole kind of um, catalyst almost for him and Natasha's relationship, definitely being a very like betrayal sour one, is because she believed, even though we find out later on that this isn't the case, but she believed she was the reason for, or cause of death of his daughter, for her whole entire life, or not a whole life, but you know, the years that that transpired, because of a mission to assassinate him. And that was one, particular part of the story where I would have loved a bit more of like to see that mission that resulted in that assassination attempt from beginning right to end I know we kind of jump in and this is nitpicking I know like just nitpicking because overall I thoroughly enjoyed this film and we'll talk about that in a minute but it's just you know asking for more of particular something is not because you're not liking it it's because you're thoroughly invested in it and you're enjoying it and you just feel the like an expansion on certain areas for a few minutes here and there definitely would be a been a benefit
1: yeah definitely yeah i I agree um it would have yeah i and i I, you know as i said like another thing would have been you know good to see more of the red guardian because like i feel that Uh, Like, going forwards, you know, I I felt also a lot of this film, you know, as I said, it it didn't feel like Scarlett Johansson, while she is the main character, it didn't feel like she was the sort of main beat of the storyline, in a way. Um, And I felt a lot of this film was almost to set up, you know, um, her sister, Yelena, um, going forwards, really, into, you know, the kind of, like, Hawkeye series, and, you know, as we see later on at the end, and, you know so yeah, the red guardian stuff would have been really cool to involve, but you know, as I said, like, you know, will that kind of, will David Harbour and the red guardian play into the future of of phase four? And will he kind of come back as this sort of older superhero who's kind of past his time, but because he's a super soldier, essentially, you know, ages slower. He's still really strong. You know, he might have some purpose in the future. Um, So, you know, um, It would have been good, uh, you know, to kind of set that up. And I think it could have, like, been good for the comedy aspect as well, especially because, you know, later on he's like, oh, I'm the Red Guardian, look at me. You know, I I could still fit my suit. And, you know, uh, it's just, yeah, it would have have kind of, like, helped set it up better. But, you know, it's, uh, again, kind of more of, like, these, you know, interesting kind of beats that they're adding, really.
0: Yeah, very much so. It's definitely sowing the seed, especially um, for um, Florence Pugh's character more so. I reckon but one thing i've, I've got to point out throughout the whole of this film the ac- action sequences the fight sequences um action as a whole i've found thoroughly entertaining for me personally it's one of the best hand-to-hand action marvel films that has been made out of the whole c- cinematic universe for me personally Captain America Winter Soldier was definitely one. And I find very much, a lot of it, the elements bring to Black Widow's fighting style and the way they deliver that on screen is always extremely impressive. But seeing that kind of across the board and it's the fighting style then used by multiple, obviously all the Widows. But action-wise, this, for me, I feel this is one of Marvel's best, action films that they have put out, hands down. The sequencing in it are brilliant, mm. crazy very much at the end, but just the like the stuff we see right at the beginning, the missions, the widow missions and the widow fights that we see in um, Budapest or Budapest. Yeah, <laughs> That's the <yeah. laughs> debate within the film. But those particular sequences, the one where we first get uh, introduced to Florence Pugh's character, older on a mission and once again when they meet up and she meets up with Natasha Romanoff in Budapest for the first time and that sequence that then follows there I'm thoroughly entertained I thought that was some absolutely brilliant action hands down absolutely brilliant
1: yeah I mean I agree I thought like what I liked about the film is that it started really strong with the action and like actually you get quite a lot it's almost kind of very relentless at the beginning that um where well, you kind of have the intense scene of them like leaving their home as, as you know in suburban ohio um which is already like a, just an intense scene like it's quite thrilling and then there is action in there. but then it, it moves on to like a lot of action and one of the things that you know one of the issues i actually had with the film in regards to the action is that after the jail scene i've kind of written it down here in my notes and and they kind of fall back more on the comedy and action. I found that the action after the jail scene, which is, you know, about halfway through. Um, so fairly, you know, again, you, you've, we've had a fairly kind of long chunk of, of action-filled sequences and stuff. But yeah, then after the jail scene, it kind of lags a little bit in terms of the uh, kind of action pacing. And I think because the film is so action-packed in the beginning, it feels like the film slows down in a way. Um, which I don't think is like a terrible thing but I think I was expecting it to kind of be balls out action the, for the whole thing because black widow is very much like that where and because we we don't get as much of that like background story we get a lot more on the mission um you know going from here to there her sisters on the mission and then kind of defects and then being chased you know it, i just I, I just felt that it kind of lagged in the middle which I kind of would have preferred if they just continued to just you know like continue with the explosions, continue with kind of like the different, like super soldiers that they introduce. Um, and yeah, so like, I mean, that was kind of like my principle, but then, yeah, I agree with you that like a lot of the action sequences, the fight sequences, because, you know, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's less about superheroes and more about, um, you know, assassins and, and kind of covert you know, then soldiers really, um, that, you, you know, you get a lot of that kind of good quality stuff. And actually, you know, I mean, the Avengers don't feature in any of it, so it really is kind of based more in, like, it felt more like a spy film in a way, like a kind of supercharged Bond film, um, with, with, you know, without, like, the kind of, you know, uh, you know, drink it, casual drinking and sex, you know? (laughs) But, um, you know, this was more... This was more
0: of slight differences.
1: yeah, Yeah, this was more of, like, a kind of... What I liked about it is, like, the kind of, Uh, you know the whole family element even though they kind of it's a weird very dysfunctional family but how it kind of you know that's like the kind of you know one of the kind of main themes throughout in you know throughout the relationship that Natasha has with her sister and her dad and the mum um but yeah I just I don't know I just felt that that kind of like you know middle bit sort of lagged um but you know it's it's yeah the first kind of hour is really like you know as I said, quite relentless and, you know, so for like action fans, you, you do get a, a fair amount of bang for your buck at the beginning, you know?
0: <laughs> and it definitely, like you said, it very much sits on that whole Mission Impossible, James Bond, like somewhere in the middle there. That's the kind of film that we're watching. We're watching that spy relentless film. It's a film that obviously gives us it it kind of in my mind makes me feel like why aren't we being given Black Widow way sooner than this? Why is it taken yeah. like 10 years to get to this stage because now we're in this weird limbo stage of is Black Widow dead? Is Black Widow not dead? I don't know. I, I remember once again, we don't always deep dive into exactly what it means when you sacrifice yourself. I believe it's for the soul stone. Yep. Then I heard some rumblings that I, and I feel I've, I've maybe touched on this in comics before that there's rather than dying, they go to a different realm. They like, live within the realm that the soul stone creates or something, or maybe yeah. it's another universe as we get into this whole multiverse. Madness. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind Definitely. of feel what this highlights for me is I'm very much now I've, we've got more Black Widow than we've ever had before. And I'm very much not ready to say goodbye to Black Widow's character because it's such a brilliant character. And Scarlett Johansson does such a brilliant job the evolution of Tony Stark's character when he actually went, it made sense because we've had him for so many films and he's had the three Iron Man films alongside it. And, it, you know, you got the character to deliver everything you needed them to deliver. But when it sits with Black Widow, I feel very much now I want way more Black Widow. And I know we're probably going to and we will get... Florence Pugh, but I feel that Scarlett Johansson's story has not finished yet, and we very much need more of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting that you said that. I, I, I've written in my kind of, like, notes that I, I feel that this film should have been released uh, just after Civil War, because it, it it slots into that timeline so kind of, you know, immediately, especially after the events of Berlin and stuff, that, like, it, I have to say, it, the releasing it now, it feels... A little bit disconnected from the kind of marvel universe uh, you know as i've mentioned on previous podcasts i've kind of just rewatched all the films and now that you know this this is kind of the issue i had a little bit with black widow so i i did i did enjoy it as a film but i felt that the writing wasn't as good as it could have been and the reason why i say that is because so with the writing you know there were there's that kind of continuation from Berlin Um and at this point in time, you know, we've had Endgame, we've had Thanos, we've had, you know, so many kind of, you know, w- insane threats to the earth and to the Avengers and, you know, from, you know, <laughs> Loki to, as I said, Thanos, you know, it, it, it's, we've gone like to like a whole kind of galaxy of threat and with Black Widow, I felt that it made it, you know, much more localized, which is kind of, you know, I say localized, to, you know, it's localized to earth. Um, but I felt that just, it didn't feel as threatening having kind of Drake off as a villain uh, throughout this film because, you know, we've, because we've had to go through with Thanos and literally killing half the universe. So actually this was kind of underwhelming that he was essentially activating sleeper agents in different parts of the world to do, you know, rebellions and economic things. And again, that, that writing was covered in The Winter Soldier and his whole backstory. And that's kind of the issue I had with this, is that essentially the Black Widows were sort of a gang of winter soldiers controlled by a Russian guy that we... And we didn't even know, you know, in this case, like, okay, we're assuming that Russia is evil because of, you know, the fact that it's a sleeper family and they're spying and everything. And it's kind of like a, a standard Cold War setup, but it's also like, you know, but is Drakov part of the Russian administration? He seems like a bit of a rogue guy with his own base in the sky. And you're not really sure whether he's like a threat to, you know, just America or like the whole earth or whatever. And, so I wasn't really clear with that. And as I said, like I didn't really like the fact that they kind of rehashed that like Winter Soldier backstory of like them being behind these economic assassinations and, you know, starting kind of world wars and rebellions. It felt a bit, you know, lazy, really, especially when you had like just the Winter Soldier doing that by himself. And like, you know, I mean, you know, you've just got all these sort of cables of, of assassins, which are just going across the earth and just assassinating really high profile people. And it, it's a bit like, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was a bit just, yeah, kind of rehashed, really, and and, and I and as a, you know, I, I really like Black Widow as a character throughout the Marvel series, I think it's really cool to have someone without superpowers going a, against, like, you know, all these insane beings and, you know, kind of fighting alongside, like, you know, super soldiers and gods and whatnot, you know, and she kind of really holds her own, which is, like, really cool, you know, and and, and I just felt in this one that, you know, the, my main issue is that Drakeoff is a villain, um, and you know, and he was played by Ray Winstone, who, you know, people have negative and positive, you know, aspects of Ray Winstone. I think he, he's a, a great actor when he's you know in the right role. Sexy Beast is like one of my favorite kind of British gangster films, and he's just iconic in that, really. Um, but I felt here that he was kind of like. I don't know, maybe a bit miscast or like, you know, it was just kind of underwritten in a way. And that was, I think, my issue with like the whole thing that if it's like Black Widow going on her own backstory, which he thought was going to be like abusive and, you know, tough and all these things that, yeah, it just could have been served by a better kind of character at the helm of it. And, you know, that was kind of a, a big issue. And especially with like the whole mind control element throughout the film as well as a theme, you know, to control the Black Widows. Again, we didn't see any of that in the Red Room uh, and then, you know, and how they really administer it and, you know, essentially, you know, the kind of change of, you know, being not being on it to being on it. Like, you know, how do the Black Widows sort of change your personality and, and lifestyle, whatever, you know, it, it, it's just I felt that, there were the, yeah, there were those things were kind of lacking, um, which was kind of my main issue, I think, with, with the film. Um, that, yeah, essentially, just it wasn't that compelling of of a villain after we've had, you know, and I, you know, I watched, you know, the two kind of Spider-Mans recently as well. And, you know, Far From Home and having, you know, kind of Jake Gyllenhaal's, um, Mr. On, or no, um, Mysterio, I think it is. Yeah, Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah. yeah Mr. On, brilliant. Mysterio. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting confused with South Park. <laughs> Mysterion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with Mysterio, and, and again, Mysterio is like this. A human character, but he—the things that he does with like the drones and stuff—are so kind of like far-flung that you're like, "Wow, that's like you know, wild concept, really." And I just thought with this one, it just you know, having Ray winston kind of having a, his own ship in the sky—it's like, yeah, seen it before. Yeah, like even if okay, if the if Black Widow doesn't stop, you know, him, there's the Avengers to just go like, okay, we're just gonna swat him out the sky, really. So. I don't know that for me that, that was one of the things that yeah d- d- didn't didn't tweak my marvel kind of you know uh, evil Richter scale, I suppose <laughs> well this is one of the big problems you
0: kind of have with when when this film came out and when this film is set because of everything that transpires after civil war yeah. the whole story that leads on with infinity war and end game and Thanos, the, car- the main film been building for so long that you're right. It kind of sits in that way where yes, you don't know obviously what's going to happen to the supporting cast you, but you know, what's going to happen to black widow because <laughs> you know, she appears in multiple other films after the events of this particular film. But once again, it's it's fantastic to go back and get this information because it's it, it's it's done well, and it's nice to like see her in a different light and just see more of Black Widow kind of taking things uh, on herself without having the Avengers team. So it's great to see that because it's something her character deserves because it's such a brilliant character delivered so brilliantly. But yes. Uh, And I think I said, I said this to you after watched it. I I feel the casting wasn't quite there for Ray Winston because I I mean, you know, and once again, he is very much, I, I agree with you. He's an actor that in certain roles completely excels, but in other roles, it doesn't quite fit. It's slightly off the mark. Now him doing a Russian accent yeah It's the best Russian accent I've ever heard, but unfortunately, yeah. what it did is multiple times during the film is you really have to turn up the volume when he's talking because I'm like, what did he just say? Yeah. And it's, it's like a really important point in the movie of him getting his message across, and I was kind of, and I kind of feel it's just, I feel maybe it was kind of a bit too much of an easy go to. Yeah. in the sense that we've seen ray winston do these characters before but there are certain actors out there who every time they portray a character like this it always is extremely well played and i feel maybe if they'd rather than you know going somebody else pulling on a fake russian accent you could have got a probably extremely villainous russian actor or Eastern European actor to play this role, which have given it a bit more. It probably would have been better, to a certain extent, some way to have a non
1: named actor in this role to give I, it something else. I think you know who could who could have been a good actor. I was just about to ask you, but you know, I would have been putting you on the spot. Like, what actor you think have have a think? What actor do you think would have been better than Ray Winston? But I've just kind of come up with one myself.
0: Well, I've, I've said this to I said this to you before, and I I do feel that. Okay um i can't uh, forgive me if i'm wrong if i pronounce his surname incorrectly but the french actor french actor vincent Cassell, mm. i believe would have sat in this role in a in a way more uh, given it just more of a, a menacing depth mm. and deliverance which i feel would have um complemented those particular scenes uh, a lot more than uh, yeah. instant did in this particular
1: instance yeah, actually, I, I mean, Cassell is a great shot because he is very intense as well as an actor, like when he, when he wants to be. So he could have, I think he could have been like a bit more, you know, yeah, exactly like kind of unhinged in a way. You know, he he's very good at playing those roles. Um, my recommendation, I think for, you know, uh, as a different Dreykov, uh, you know, Christoph Waltz from, yes. uh, you know, Inglourious Bastards and, uh, I say it for a couple of reasons. One, he's multilingual and can do so many fantastic accents so well. And two, you know, when he turns on the menacing villain, I mean, he is so menacing, you know, and he's just, again, yeah, that sort of, that he, he's not a kind of, you know, he's not like, a, a, he doesn't have a large stature and he's not, you know, kind of you a know, butch guy, but he's just such a, you know, his the atmosphere he brings as an actor would have been, you know, he can just fill up a room with just like you know a look and a, a kind of a wry smile. You know, with with like a tense atmosphere. And so, yeah, I I just think Christoph Waltz would have been a, a great kind of character to just really like deliver those lines and just have this sort of you know. um I, He just would have been a great character to be the uh, you know the, the controller behind the curtain or whatever. You know, like the essentially like a more of a genius character because I just felt that with Dracov like he seemed to you know, with the Dracov they kind of written, and, you know, it's not Ray Winstone's fault completely, but the kind of performance that Ray Winstone gives, it feels like Dracov is this, like, you know, that he's sort of, you know, we see that he's meeting with all these people and, you know, running the Red Room and he has this base in the sky and everything. But he, when you see him, he's just, I don't know, he's kind of fairly underwhelming, you know? He's not, like, villainous. He doesn't come across as particularly ruthless or genius in a way. He's just kind of is this guy who is responsible for these things and yeah and has to be killed but you know i just felt that if it was yeah one of the people that we, we'd said then it would have uh i don't know there would have been like kind of more reason for justification that he's like oh god this guy is crazy or you know he is very smart or you know very articulate and you can see why he is so successful at the evil things he does you know whereas yeah with ray wins it's more like kind of gruff and like uh, uh. <laughs> you know with, <laughs> with an awkward Russian accent. I have to say like one of the things in this film is that some of the accents were kind of a bit awkward uh because there were quite a few like I mean there were no Russian actors and they're all American actors really you know, putting on Russian accents so uh, yeah, there were points where I did notice that they kind of like you know, even Flore- you know someone like Florence View, who I, I love as an actress kind of there were points where they slipped out the Russian accent a little bit but you know, it was still quite fun, though, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's inevitably what we're going to get, isn't it, sometimes? It's not going
0: to be absolutely flawless the whole entire way through. Although I feel Florence Pugh probably actually did the best out of the whole collective bunch at kind of yeah. maintaining that kind of Russian tint, I say, <laughs> the Russian tint to the, to the yeah. accent. But, yes, there was just some elements where I just feel you kind of didn't always feel that ray winston's character could have done all this yeah you know you feel like there must have been a team behind
1: him doing it to a certain extent or the russian administration and government like you, yeah. know, kind of, you know he's like their representative like what would he, what did he even do in the russian government is he just the president or is he just like or like a defense minister or just like i don't know like an it's oligarch
0: also, you know it's a bit it's a bit too slack isn't it having a meeting like with all the world leaders <laughs> yeah
1: I mean, like, yeah, exactly. It's like, is he just the Russian president who goes like rogue later on? And because he wants to, I don't know, just have like a, a kind of army of black widows that he controls the world with. I mean, it was a bit, yeah, I felt that it was underwritten actually, you know, which is kind of a little bit disappointing because, like, yeah, you know, you've got a two hour 15 film, you know, like you, you've got the action in there, but I just felt that, you know, some of the kind of beats to fill it were underwritten you know with especially with the kind of russian side you know like from ray Winstone's to character to like you know the red guardian as i've mentioned a couple of times that you know it would have just been fun to see him maybe you know with Drakeoff and uh, at the beginning kind of and yeah, you know, i would have loved to have seen you know david harbour being told that he has to go and like <laughs> essentially go from being a superhero to being a domestic husband you know in, in ohio you know in the 80s i mean like what are you crazy? Like, but but I'm the Red Guardian. Like, you can't I do this to don't me. To do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not good. This is not fun, you know.
0: <laughs> no, I am Captain America. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I fully apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost like you could bring his character back for his own, like, comic movie. Um, because he delivers it, like you said, he delivers those comic beats so well. Uh, So that's what kind of what makes that really work. But what we obviously also get, we also get Taskmaster. We get the first on-screen of the brilliant Taskmaster, who does definitely add something. I feel that is a brilliant add, because I feel if you remove Taskmaster from this, it doesn't seem quite such a menacing task to (laughs) achieve what they then achieve by the end of it. But Taskmaster's inclusion, uh, I feel, was a great inclusion. And it definitely gave us some of the best kind of fight sequences of the whole entire film and you almost wish that they didn't free Taskmaster to a certain extent at the end and she stayed in that evil Taskmaster element that could have been chasing down um, Florence Pugh's character at a later stage but I'm hoping we're going to see Taskmaster again uh, yeah. there's definitely way more to get into in that particular character so I feel that was that was definitely also I mean how do you how do you survive such a brilliant I mean BMW safety record there's a particular crash that goes into the subway oh yeah no. <laughs> and and i'm like well i mean everyone should buy that car it's literally the safest car in the world it does 15 tumbles goes down a flight of stairs and ends up in a subway station and still i mean they don't look the most healthiest people in the world when getting out of it but still they're walking it, and it's on t- it's on
1: top of a tank at one point and then like it the is, tank it throws is. it down the stairs and then they just like clamber out you're like oh my god like <laughs> And then, and then I have to say, they slide down the tube like a middle bit, you know, like of, on the escalators, which that was great because, you know, as a Londoner, uh, I, I always see that middle bit on the tube. And I'm always like, could I slide down that and not die at the end, you know, and uh, as well as like not get absolutely murked by all the signs along it, you know. <laughs> well, also, I feel you see a way more
0: um realistic way of exiting that that happens on this film because most times you see something like in the film someone just goes into a full sprint run when they get to the end and these people clearly land how you would land if you just came out of a car accident
1: (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and but you know that's what that's what i think i like kind of about the film is that you know um having like a like just you know, as we said, it was like that more of that James Bond real element uh, to the you know to the character, and as we said, with someone like Black Widow and Hawkeye, they are that kind of you know real world character. So to see that sort of action, it, it, it's well, it's a different beat for Marvel, really. You know, um, and especially when they're kind of faced with the you know the jail scene later on. That was a scene which I did really enjoy in terms of the action. You know, especially with the avalanche coming down and you know, them having to get um, you know the Red Guardian out of jail. Um, or dad, or I can't remember the character's name, actually, but um, it's, uh, yeah, that was, you know, a, a great part of, you know, action, and and generally that kind of whole build-up as well was fun, so to see that and kind of not, you know, rely on Iron Man, you know, flying in and swooping people away, it, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's a fun, it felt more like a traditional action film than I think, and I think that's what's kind of good about this one, is that it, it did feel more like a kind of, you know, late 90s, 2000s action film where it's, like, more spy-based and, you know, um, Cold War context. Uh, That they're kind of... The secret, you know, um, trainings of the Soviet Union and the weapons they sort of unveil, you know, that it's like, oh, that surprised the world. I think that's what I liked about the film, that it was, yeah, like a Marvel film, but, like, you know, again as there were rehashed elements from other Marvel films, but the overall tone of this was like, you know, one that was a different beat, you know? Um, And I think, you know, as I said, I I think it was a great introduction for, um, for, you know, for for Yelena, you know, for Florence Pugh's character to go forwards and and really pick up the mantle. I mean, do you think she'll continue being known as the, the black widow?
0: I don't really know what, um, the white widow. Oh, the white because they wear the white outfits um that's so true. maybe that's that's where or maybe she'd just create her own badass name and that'd be brilliant because she is she has got a very good comic beat to her you know with the jacket with the many pockets it's like it's the first thing I've ever bought and you know why can't why don't you like this jacket it's got so many pockets, uh, yeah. many pockets. but the pockets are so useful yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so um I very much feel there could be an instance where in the future where someone's like so what's your what's your superhero name? And she's like, Yelena's like, no, you need a superhero name. And she'd be like, um, kick ass Cobra. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. The so, Lols Widow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the <false widow>. um,
1: <laughs> for TikTok, for the TikTok generation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Black Widow 2.0 or something like that. But we're obviously going to see her because quite interesting, it's, you know, when this film ends that they do that jump, because you kind of just forget, for an instance, when you're when you're watching it, they do. You get obviously we get the classic Marvel post-credits scene, but we get that jump to when obviously she's then a grieving sister because uh, Natasha has passed away on the events in Avengers Endgame. So that's where we kind of sit, and then of course the fabulous Julia Louis Dreyfus comes in. <laughs> who is an absolute legend valentina uh, valentina aka madame hydra is recruiting and she's almost like becoming <laughs> uh, the boss of the a-team <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. can't find them but <laughs> if you call they will be there you know just putting off mercenaries into the world and just paying them and that's how they're making their living so it's very interesting where she's going to keep popping up and in what film So to speak, eventually she's probably going to be the lead villain in one, maybe more than one film um, or just always sitting in the background or just teetering from good to bad. We don't really know where she's sitting.
1: Yeah, I feel that she's going to be like a kind of morally ambiguous character who will maybe, well, we see that at the end that Yelena gets assigned to take out Hawkeye, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so... So this might be this might be the inclusion of Florence Pugh in the
1: Hawkeye series. Yeah, exactly. Like to bring her in like more into the universe and, you know, just. um, And and so that's why I'm kind of wondering whether like Valentina will be like, okay, she is potentially bad or for some of the Avengers. But then I feel as if like she's kind of assembling her own offshoot Avengers group, you know, like. The Avengers, you know, that she'll probably call them, you know, because you've got John Walker, you're going to have Yelena, you know, who are both, like, you know, pretty... But I, mean, I don't know who else would, like, who, who else would, I mean, maybe Loki, if he comes back to the world, like, maybe he'll be... No,
0: like, he
1: can't be controlled by anyone. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> like, he, he might need some work, you know. He might yeah, need a job or something, he might, you know. He might need to pay for a nice apartment or something. Or something yeah, or something. Look, I mean, we saw the money troubles that the Falcon had in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, like, you know... There Might be others who are in need of like mercenary work, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like, you know, whether the Revengers will kind of play in, uh, you know, later on as like you know, a necessary hero because with all the multiversal stuff as well, you know, it's,
0: it's... it's obviously there's so many spinning plates, isn't it? And of yeah. course, I thing makes the sense because of during the whole snap thing, he was pretty much he changes into Ronin and he goes on like a, a killing spree of bad people, but at the same time you feel when that snap happens and brings fifty percent of the other people back, there's gonna be some people who have quite clearly contracted Valentina to um sort him out. And I feel that's kind of where we might be heading because effectively you've got to feel in some way Hawkeye would probably be on the run um due to his actions during that time. So and that would be a great that would be a great obviously pairing, a great sequence when it does happen. Um, we obviously there's obviously Hayley Steinfeld playing I believe Hawkeye's daughter or grown-up daughter in the series but right. yeah there's a lot of things to look forward to and that's kind of where I mean overall I kind of sit with Black Widow and I'm I just wish we have more Black Widow earlier I want to have more Black Widow films Scarlett Hansen as Natasha Romanoff is brilliant please have more I don't know how but time travel and multiverses there's easily a route back you can always come back to life in Marvel there's a way there's always a way um so that's where I kind of sit with it I feel it is hands down one of the best action movies Marvel action movies that they have done so far for me um I've very much loved uh, Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson's chemistry on scene I thought they were brilliant together so it'd be great to see more of that if possible don't know how but I'm sure they'll write it and I very much enjoyed it and I i very much feel I will quite happily easily watch this film again there's yeah there's a couple of bits we touch on like the Ray Winston character and certain story bits which could have had a bit more time but overall it's I thought this is a great marvel installment as most of them usually are but i very much thoroughly enjoyed this film and i very much find it a very easy film to watch i can easily see myself going back and diving in again and again
1: yeah i mean i i agree i i think it's definitely like one i can i can rewatch and like enjoy and te- you know as i said there was definitely things that i enjoyed like you know uh i thought you know the action was great and you know some of the jokes were fun um just and you know and uh, I mean you know when Florence Pugh is always like mocking her <laughs> her falling style as the Black Widow you know yeah. <laughs> and then you flick your head back and why You know? <laughs> like, yeah. so I mean I, I enjoyed those stuff I just yeah I just found that um yeah I, I just don't think for me it was not one of my favorite Marvel films because of the release time, I think, and also yeah, as I you know kind of have said, like I, I think they could have written up the Russian side much more um, in terms of Red Guardian and Dracov and you know as an enemy, uh, and also just the Red Room. You know, I just would sort of like to have seen more of the Red Room in like a bit more context. You know, to you know, like uh, I would, I would have really liked to have seen like you know Natasha and Yelena like kind of training together or still being sisters in some way. You know, in the Red Room and then getting I don't know it, it, that context would have been cool, but yeah, I enjoyed it as a, you know, uh, I enjoyed it as a Marvel film. Also, another dodgy accent I'm seeing on the screen is, you know, the Natasha Contact, the British guy. That yeah. British accent is also dodgy, you know. Like, I, I laughed out loud when I first heard it because he was like, oh, did, did you, are you happy with the helicopter? And you're like, oh, mate, like, he, he, I, I, can't, I don't know the actor's name. He's in The Handmaiden uh, as, you know, the main character's husband. And he's great in that. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh, it's that guy. But then, yeah, his breast attacks, and I was like, oh, oh, mate. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he Ray Winslow should have played that character, and maybe he should have played Ray winter's character. You know? <laughs> or Christopher Waltz or Vincent Cassell, you know. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but, I'll yeah. The wishes. Yeah, but, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how uh, Florence Pugh goes forward, you know, in Marvel as the Black Widow, the White Widow, the Lowell's Widow, the that widow um and yeah and like you know definitely you know i'm sure she's going to appear in hawkeye and looking forward to seeing how that whole thing comes together because yeah Hawkeye's a cool guy as well and yeah and you know we and as you said we've been loving the marvel series and like to see one of these marvel films again like as a new one it it is obviously awesome but the series are so cool that like to you know there's just been i mean you know Each one has just had like great, great, you know, Loki's just finished and that was mind blowing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Hawkeye brings as well. And also just, yeah, seeing Florence Pugh kind of more in a role in Marvel where she's kind of fun and also kicking ass, really.
0: Yeah, very much so. I feel we both say that it's definitely worth sitting down and paying good 20 pounds or 20, 30 dollars or however much it is on the Premier access for a night at the movies at home because grab that popcorn popcorn because it's it's very entertaining you won't be if you're a Marvel fan you will not be disappointed by this movie Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the Force be with you.